0: Friday oh my god I can't believe this week went by so fast
1: it did it did time flies when you're having fun question mark
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am I mean right you know like this week was pretty monumental for me so yeah I'm excited to leave California tonight with a red eye so I'm excited for that
1: I'm excited for you as well fresh start
0: fresh start exactly so yeah if you ever come to Cincinnati let me know so we can hang out
1: you know, not on my list, but we'll,
0: we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I can hype it, and then you'll put it on your list. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I love that. Cool. I saw um, Clubhouse released some new features, so this is really cool. So I just pinned Lunafir's uh, website on here. This is really dope. I really like this, I have to oh, say. Oh,
1: that's cool. Is that who else was in No,
0: I don't know who else this was. This was probably just a guest. I wanted to ping a few more people in the room. Let me do that right now.
1: I just – I have barely used – Daniela, hi, know your face.
0: <laughs> Hello. Let me see. Hi.
1: Oh, I'm going to wave at her. So she was in show and tell with Mel. She was a support coach. Yay. Oh, nice.
0: Welcome. Yay. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh. Hi, Bart. I don't know what happened. Melissa was just there. We were just talking, but I don't know if she got kicked out. You are gonna ping her one more time.
1: Oh. You're back. Okay, good. I was like, wait, what
0: happened? So
1: (laughs) I was suddenly in a room with Daniela. Oh. Huh. I don't know how that happened.
0: I don't know how that happened. Well, that's funky for sure. Cool. Nice. Well, I'm just happy you're here. Do you want to start by um, introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you and what it is you do?
1: Let's do it. I see we have Baran in the room as well. So, but My name is Melissa. I'm a public speaking coach. I'm based in New York City, and I coach on the premise that schools did us dirty
0: yes (laughs) Um,
1: i I truly believe that schools did not prepare us for speaking in public whether that means telling a personal story about ourselves or talking about our businesses properly to write a paper and then present it in front of the class they said do the project and then all these eyeballs are going to be staring at you There were no tactics. There was no tools to mitigate the nervousness that comes up. There were no tools to answer why my throat goes dry, why I'm I feel like a deer in headlights, why I keep shifting my weight from side to side. So for me, it is all about authenticity. If you're nervous, how do we leverage and practice so that we can? You know, there's no cure, but we can offer tools and we can figure out what works best for you when you have to speak in public. Aside from that, I am a Cancer. I love long walks on the beach. And yeah, I'm just thrilled to be here with you and to talk about this. I I really, this is my jam to talk about how people present in, in a public speaking forum. I love coaching and offering tips and tricks, especially in the entrepreneurial space. As people try to figure out what they're here to do and how they're here to serve as an entrepreneur, as a freelancer, as a nine-to-fiver, as a side hustler, whatever that looks like for you. I
0: love that. Thank you for the intro. This is so cool. And um, for those who don't know me, I'm Ines. I am currently in LA, about to move to Cincinnati, Ohio. I run a social media agency called Gary Bay Media, and I work with really cool clients like Melissa and I. We work together and yeah and right now i'm working with lunify which the it's pinned up here in clubhouse which is a really cool app that freelancers navigate their expenses and taxes and i'm very happy to be here today so yeah cool so i'm Melissa. i'm so excited to hear like i mean i like i said like we work together so i feel like i need to when i ask my questions make sure that i'm not using what i know already so <laughs> let's start with where should we start where should we start let's start with storytelling. What is important? Or how did you? How? And I think that's probably an interesting question. How? How is storytelling linked to public speaking? I mean, I kind of know, right, you need to have like a proper story in order to like present it to your audience. But like, what is some like some tips and tricks that people like, what should people know about this?
1: I love this first question. So I am a firm believer, and I heard this from another business coach that I've worked with, that entrepreneurship is humanship. And it is how we relate as humans to other humans. And the root of storytelling is the exact same thing. We connect through stories. Our brains hear words and instantly transform those words into images in our minds. And that is how we connect to audiences, whether it's for a sale. That's how we connect to audiences, whether it's from the stage and you're trying to tell a joke as a stand-up comedian. It is through stories and connection that we find those avenues to succeed in whatever the goal might be. But those two are linked Through and through, I I can't even picture a single entrepreneur, a single coach that I've worked with that didn't start by telling a story, how they struggled in starting their business, how all of a sudden they had 10 sales and it was after the first six months of putting out posts that nobody liked or nobody shared, but it was their persistence that kept them through. It's those stories that we connect to, it's those stories that we, we latch onto and say, oh my gosh, that's part of my story too. And through that connection, through that development of story, is how we then can lean one way or another. Are we going to lean into the pain point of the client because it's our pain point as well, probably. And then we can decide, well, if that was our pain point and we found success, how do we break down our success? to map out a curriculum for a course. How do we then turn it into a webinar? How do we turn it into a clubhouse? And we're here today. So storytelling and entrepreneurship are linked because at the foundation of them both is the human experience. I, I stress this to all of my clients that I've worked with. Some are you know speaking in public in a new way than they have before. Some are speaking in public for the very first time. And in both instances, I, I start with, Tell me some stories. What are some stories about how you got to where you are? Because those are going to come up over and over and over again. They're going to be your your, your, um, your value story. It's going to be your founder story. They all have a place in your business as a freelancer, as a nine-to-fiver, it, 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 no matter what. Each of us has a story, and somebody on this planet is meant to hear it, develop it, and, and learn from it. So they're, they're very closely linked, uh, and I love that we started with that question. <laughs>
0: Nice, that's great. Cool. You were talking a lot about um, clients. Do you want to? I mean, right? You said already, like they they have some. I don't know what. I mean, what? How do I phrase this question? Correct. So I know that they are. I mean, right? Public speaking is not just a stage, right? It could also be you want to show up on an Instagram Live and you don't feel comfortable. You want to show up in an Instagram Story and you're like scared to do that. How do you? Is the advice you give and like based on your experience? Is it always the same, no matter? what if your audience is just one person or 50 people or are there like different things you consider based on what platform those people are on and what public means for them i mean
1: everybody is different every every person every every cell in your body is going to be different in how it responds to Daniela on this call to Baron in this call to me and i believe Individual. so when I start with a client how, how do you usually show up when it comes to public speaking I handshake I'm really sweaty and without notes I can't remember anything that I'm gonna say okay those are your top three ways that, that we would then work on on how to, how to mitigate that so practice makes progress I'm gonna throw different ways for you to practice at you whether it be on call with me one-on-one in a group setting, go live on Instagram, go go live, or I'm sorry, talking to your camera by yourself and see how you show up naturally. So all of these different mediums will give you more information. Then you can decide based on that information how and what you should consume or adjust in order to best show up. So maybe maybe that exposure to practicing over and over again will, will help um, you as, as, as a speaker. But for me, maybe it is memorizing my content. And some folks are like, oh my gosh, you can't memorize the alphabet, let alone my content. Um, I can't do that. I need notes. So, then how do you structure those notes? Are they bullet points? Are they complete sentences? On a clubhouse, you can read from a page. Not recommended <laughs> because you want to sound natural. But I think when it comes to audiences and how we want to show up for them, we tailor that to the audience so the bigger the stage although the world stage if you're an actor um, the bigger the opportunity to impact the people in that audience and it is still public speaking from a sales sales call to the TEDx stage so that practice and that rehearsal of putting yourself in in that experience from low level IG live that expires to Clubhouse that is live but it's just your voice to maybe publishing that uh, that video that you practice over and over and over again in your office. All of those things are public speaking. And when you get curious, when you start to ask questions, how do I show up, how do I want to show up, then you can start to make those shifts and start to focus on the things you want to get better and keep working the things that you like, that that you want to keep doing over and over again that maybe you hadn't recognized in the past. So everybody is different and Public speaking still remains at the core. It is still the thing we do to get our message across, no matter how big the audience is.
0: Got it. Wow. Okay, cool. How did you decide that that is something you want to, like, work in? Or, like, how, how or, yeah, like, how did you notice that, like, public speaking was something where you're like, cool, this is my passion. How do I do that? And then second question, how was your first public speaking um, gig, and what are some, like, Big lessons you've learned, like looking back on this now, now that you've done this for a few years? Oh, man.
1: <laughs> uh, so, I started competing in Canadian pageants when I was 11, and I never wanted to be on stage by myself. Scared the crap out of me. And to this day, I, I still have an uh, element or a level of. Stage fright that I have to manage each and every time I step on stage, but after the first couple of times being on stage, getting really sweaty, oh my gosh, you know, borderline blacking out, of like walking off stage and being like, oh my gosh, I did it. <laughs> um, I I started to get used to this idea of conversation and exchange of energy, and then when you really get to the root of what public speaking is, it's, it's an energy exchange. And so with work, I, I kept going and competing in pageants, and as I as I Grew up, and as I got older, eventually started working in residence life, and I was training a lot of the staff and uh, student staff and professional staff on how and what we were doing as part of our goals. So conversation, community was at the He was developing for a decade prior and in that training i received very similar training to was part of Supercamp. and it, it's a curriculum that a lot of teachers follow as well but in that i was able to explore how to present content in a way that people people care or people want to listen to or they're interested in and that shifted a lot of it for me because it wasn't step one step two step three how to do your job it became storytelling Here's an instance where everything was amazing. Here's an instance where everything was terrible, and how I learned from it, and how did I use that to present content and curriculum. So with that, you know, fast forward of pandemic hits, and you're like, how do I make this work? But I realize a lot of people are in the same shoes, is how do I speak in public without pee in my pants a little bit? And that was my focus. We, we were not taught in schools how to do this, so how do we teach on Zoom how to do this? to your second question my first public speaking gig i i like true public speaking working for a company this is the content this is the script presented i remember in the middle of it my throat went completely dry there was nothing left i started coughing and mind you, i have a lavalier mic on so there was no covering up this mic and this cough it it just persisted and this is to college students so of course they're both going to be like ah, this amateur so i'm in the middle of this coughing fit i have no idea what slide is next what words are supposed to come out of my mouth next somebody hands me a cough drop i chug half a bottle of water I, i try to clear my throat
0: only the worst parts of it but she remembered only like she didn't even remember that so that's so cool (laughs) nice when I struggle with like telling or like writing a story like what's some advice you would give around that or like some pillars where you say like start with this and then we transition into this and this is like what you should how you should finish your story something like that oh I love that Um, so one of the
1: easiest frameworks that I use and rely on from from podcast interviews to keynote speeches or to, to limited you know, IGTVs is a three-part structure. So think about your message, think about that one thing that you want the audience to walk away with when they turn off this call, when they turn off this webinar, they know blank that's considered your thesis.
0: And then back
1: it up with three points and then close it out with a joke, a quote, something that ties it all together. So if, if it's something like, water is hydrating, prove it, prove it, prove it, those are your three proofs. I drink a gallon of water a day, I, I make sure that I only have two cups of coffee to balance out the gallon, and when I work out, I, I have to make sure that I put hydration in my water, whatever, whatever your three things are, and then conclude it out of, a gallon of water a day, keeps the doctor away, but that memorability and that connection to everyday experiences of what you do is an opportunity to tell a story. The thesis, the meat of it, the the message is is the kickoff, is this is what I want you to know, this is what I want you to remember, and when you are able to reinforce it with your own story, with your own experience, that latches on people start to envision themselves doing what you're talking about in your stories. I love using this structure. I think for folks that that admittedly say, oh my gosh, I ramble on and I just keep talking and 10 minutes later I'm still talking, this is a good framework to come back to because it keeps you on point, it keeps you on task. I have one message, I have three ways that I wanna prove that message, whether it be statistics or storytelling, and then I'm just gonna remind them with a quote, with a question, maybe it's a call to action to latch on to that content that is, is so critical. And there are plenty of other frameworks. Some people use you know, the alphabet and they have five points and A, B, C, D, E get through those points. But when it comes to being really concise and deliberate of your content, we, we love threes. As, as humans, our brains uh, connect to three. If we think about food, we like it cheap, fast, and easy. Um, when we when we talk about people that we like, the tall, they're tall, dark, handsome. Those those that happen in threes. Comedians will say blank, blank, and the third one is usually the funny one. So I love offering this framework as a way to um, stay on content, to to ease into developing content. Just think about it in threes.
0: Nice. Ah, I remember that. I remember that post we did about that. So <laughs> then, rings a the bell. Love that. And. I know you are a huge fan of a pre-speaking routine. Do you want to talk more about that and why it is so important to like get into the right mindset and what do you do to like get there?
1: Absolutely. A pre-speaking routine is a way for you to get back into yourself. If you said, yes, I will speak of that thing four weeks out, your pre-speaking routine has already begun. It starts with how you prepare the words you like, the five that you want to give off, the energy you want to give to it. Then when it is the day of the event, when it is time to hit the stage, what are you doing in the hours before pressing live, in the hours before stepping on stage? And this I consider to be a huge transition. If you think about walking through a door, opening an apartment door, uh, going into a store, all of those things are transitions. Leaving your, your house, stepping onto a subway, waking up in the morning, opening your eyes, all of those are transitions from one. And to another the same is true when you step on stage and you start to speak in public there's a transition what are you doing to make sure that you feel like it's hundred human that you are so what I like to think uh, what I like to break this down to is to four parts um, are you fed and hydrated nobody wants a growling stomach in the middle of your talk especially if you have a microphone that is in taste of <laughs> your meditation to make sure that your mind isn't on the to-do list for the weekend ahead or on a conversation that, that you read rattled you a few hours before. Really thinking about where where your mind is in that moment and where you want it to be. Breath work and meditation go hand in hand here in that if you need more energy, how can we increase your breath uh, to, to boost energy, to boost blood flow into your body? But if you're a ball of nerves, we need to slow down your breath we need to slow down the mind so that you can go on stage calm and not just a ball of energy anxiety and and energy are the exact same thing they're just lacking breath so we want controlled energy sustained energy and not energy that makes you you know numb in your fingertips and you walk off stage and you're like what just happened so, being able to, to balance that out. Movement is another piece to this. How are you exerting any of that energy that is building up? And, and how do we, whether it's a workout, a, a walk, a few jumping jacks, some push ups backstage, since that energy needs to go somewhere if you have too much of it. So, moving your body is a really great way to enhance that. And then I'm always a big fan of affirmations, of, of, of not consuming your content a second before you walk on stage leaving that time to be just you and your thoughts and affirmation, uh, a joke, a a favorite memory, but really just coming into a space where nothing, nothing matters. You are the thing that matters as a human, um, not as a content deliverer. So, so really focusing on how you can develop something that is truly yours before you step on stage and before you open your mouth so that you can be your most effective self.
0: Nice. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Okay. Great. I love that. <laughs> and what are some of the most common mistakes you see that people make when they speak in public?
1: Ooh, this is such a good one. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I think some people lead with content. They just start rattling off statistics. They just start rattling off what you should to do, should do, what you need to do, what you have to do. And there's there's no connection there. There's no. Well, well, there's no human on stage when they just jump in and say 99% of people are people. Like, what? Oh, we're starting there? Now, if there's shock value, if there's some goal that you're after with starting with content, sure. But it can't just be here are the three things that are wrong with the world and here are the three ways that I'm going to solve it. That can be really overwhelming to an audience. So when we start with story, when we start with quotes, when we start with easing the tension, it brings the audience to a spot where it's, you've, you've given some unwritten rules of it's okay to laugh in this space, or it's okay to to think in this space, or it's okay to get angry in this space. So before you actually get to deliver your content and your message, creating space for that to occur is vital. When we jump right in, we miss it. We miss the opportunity to say, hey, y'all, it's winter, it's real cold outside. No, I'm not saying we have to always talk about the weather, small talk is frustrating, but how do we unite the entire audience? And in, in a, a framework, particularly um, that was taught at Supercamp, teachers use it, it's called quantum teaching. This is an aspect called enroll, enrolling your audience into the experience. So if you're trying to be funny throughout your talk, then the first five minutes is where we get to say, hey, tell a joke, tell your favorite joke. If you're going to be funny, weird let your quirkiness show so that you're giving the audience permission to do the same and when we allow that space to happen we then alleviate some of the tension that's already being created as an audience member so if you think about your experience as an audience member you're a little nervous you show up to a live event a comedy show a broadway show whatever it is and somewhere in the back of your head is i hope this doesn't suck You might not think it consciously but a little part of your brain is like okay impress me so you're already coming in with a little bit of tension as an audience member allowing that energy to release itself can be really helpful as the person on stage giving direction and offering direction for your audience. You're the leader. The audience is looking to you to, to, to do the thing, to teach the thing. So if you can offer space where they can maybe look at each other, or at least nod or giggle in the first couple of minutes, you've opened up some doors to let the audience be part of the experience and not just be witnessing something that's happening in front of them. The third thing, and you know we think in threes, I'm gonna leave it here, <laughs> um, big mistake that people make is especially if they've been introduced, they reintroduce themselves. Don't waste a good introduction. You've spent time working on your bio, you've spent time, you've, you've put in the work to be able to say you're a TEDx speaker, you have 15 years of experience, and all, all of these credentials that you're offering in that bio, Don't waste the first 10 to 15 minutes of your talk reiterating or proving to your audience why you get to be there. That bio, that introduction should say it all and you should be able to jump into your content and reference that work, reference what's in your bio. Don't repeat it in the first 10 minutes. Don't, oh, it's just such a waste. It's such a waste. And it's a good way for your audience to fall asleep and catch catch up on some, some nap time. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not an effective way for for you to latch on to that audience for you to be like hey you're mine now and and be memorable studies have shown that you remember the first and the last sections of a story of a speech and an experience the middle gets a little fuzzy but but our brains latch on to how you start and how you end so start strong and strong
0: nice wow this is great advice i love it what do you feel about filler words? Do you say this is something people should be using? I mean, I I say literally, basically an M all the time, and I know it's bad. But, so yeah, give me some advice, please.
1: Filler words are a sign that your brain is moving faster than your mouth. Oh. We'll, we'll use them. We will. We're humans. Like, is
0: anything in L-Y? yeah. <laughs> Filler, yeah. right has been
1: a very popular filler word in the past couple of years somebody will say something like right and like right <laughs> and the frequency is what can become a little frustrating for your listener and especially someone like me <laughs> where I'm just kind of counting on one and two and 18 and 37 and 104 so having someone like me in your audience just is not is not fair as humans, we cannot be expected to eliminate all filler words. It, it's, it's, it's hard. We're, we're thinking, we're always thinking. Our brain is is tossing thoughts out left and right. And our, our mouth is just trying to keep up. It's just trying to figure out which which words are going to make it out of my face. Here we go. So the complete elimination of filler words comes with practice. It comes with practicing your content to a point where, sure, it might be slightly memorized, but you're not grasping for the next piece of content, the next section, the next paragraph. You have an idea of where you'd like to go next, but you're allowing your own creativity and personality to shine through. Filler words will creep in, and I see filler words as a sign that you're human. A sign that you are authentic in your space. A sign that you are comfortable in your space and with your content. Somebody that is so practiced and so rehearsed that not a single filler word makes their way in. I don't know. I don't know. Are you a robot? And and sometimes we just need to pause. Sometimes there's an audience interaction. Sometimes there's a thought that pops into your head or, or, or a connection that you'd like to make or an audience member has a question. So allowing space for that, again, coming back to this humanity is allowing mistakes to happen because then you're more relatable to your audience
0: that makes total sense what was the last time you went to an event and you saw a speaker and what did they do that you were like this was the best talk i've ever seen
1: Ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. well in covid but that is a difficult yeah okay
0: true 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 that's the yeah okay but is was there anything yeah
1: yeah, I recently went to an improv show. Well, I- improv to another level. It was uh, Freestyle Love Supreme. They're on Broadway. And everything is made up. Everything on the spot is made up from the, from the beats to the songs to the questions that they ask the audience. And I think that the best speakers, especially when you're interacting with the audience like in an improv show, the best speakers will do what's called a callback. Is uh, So if something happens in the first time, part of your talk or your speech or your performance how can you bring it how can you bring it back to the audience's attention how can you circle back to that particular joke or conversation so for example freestyle of supreme on broadway front row if you're in the front row you're gonna get picked on but there happened to be this woman who offered a suggestion and the suggestion was going to a broadway show with someone who just broke up with you last week and sure enough it was the guy next to her and he had his arm around her <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was it was just this weird experience but everybody laughed in that moment so constantly throughout the show they were making reference to showing up to a broadway show with your ex it was it just made its way into the show throughout the indirect throughout the the performance so i think the best thing any speaker comedian can do is let, let that call back be at the top of mind. What's going to be that thing that is so relevant. It doesn't have to be forced. Sure, it can be scripted and, and you would want to make it happen, but especially when the audience is involved, how do you create that connection first and foremost, that safety that somebody would want to share, and then circle it back to that callback at the end.
0: Nice. Oh great. How can, how can people work with you? Tell us more about Show and Tell with Mel and when is the new cohort starting? Are you in the middle of one? And yeah, tell us everything.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So Show and Tell with Mel, I will be starting another one uh, in 2022. But right now I'm working with a lot of one-on-one clients for, for specific engagements. So I have uh, a maid of honor speech coming up. There's a client who is on a new task force at work. And another client who's starting a podcast. So what I'm now offering is a hybrid experience where you get six weeks of one-on-one time with me, followed by a group experience for another six weeks. So you get to see how you show up as an individual public speaker and apply that learning into a group setting. And then, and I'm just going to spill the tea right now. In January, I have a, uh, a four-hour, like, brush-up intensive workshop that'll be part of my Black Friday offer. So give a follow.
0: So you nice. Can- that's exciting.
1: Yeah. There will be four hours where you can structure a talk you're working on, restructure a talk that you used to give, or just come learn how how to put a talk together, and it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be intense. We'll jump in. We'll get, get our hands dirty and make sure that you're you're ready. You have, like, a little ugly duckling of, of your talk that you'd like to give.
0: Nice. I love that. And for everybody listening or catching this conversation later on on the podcast, and... How can people find you on social media and like, how can they support you? I mean, because they're not going to see your profile in here. Uh, absolutely. So on Instagram, I am
1: melissa.a. My website. TheMelissaRuiz.com or shoot me an email at Melissa at TheMelissaRuiz.com. And if you send me an uh, DM on Instagram, I will send you my free pre-speaking, not routine, but pre-speaking like protocol checklist of things that you can do before you hit either the virtual stage or the in-person stage to make sure you have everything from tech to audience all tied up and ready to go.
0: Awesome. I love that. And for everybody working with you and for a business setting, right? Like if any entrepreneur would work with you, that would obviously be a tax write-off, which is spin back to Lunify. You should download the app. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here. This was really, I really enjoyed this conversation. And I learned so much, even though I'm already, I feel like not a beginner, beginner anymore after working with you, but still. I got a little sleepy and I'm very excited about this, about the Black Friday offers. I'm I'm very excited. And I love to see you like do your thing. So I'm very happy about you coming on here. And yeah, so yeah, thank you. I
1: appreciate that so much. Thanks for having
0: me. Awesome. Well, you have a great weekend and we'll catch us soon. Sounds
1: good. Bye, y'all.
0: Bye.